You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Josh Swallows. Josh Swallows. Josh Swallows. Everybody, welcome back to Josh Swallows Broadway here on the Broadway Podcast Network. Is that the theme song? <laughs> that is the new theme song. Um, hi, Jonathan Groff. Hi, Josh. How are you? Oh my God, I'm just happy to see you. I'm happy to see you too. It's been too long. It really has. Uh, yeah. I'm trying to now Rolodex the last time. I, I think it was on a street. I saw you. You were like standing, waiting for something with your bicycle. Yeah. And I think I came up and I slapped her butt or something. And that I was sounds like, about hey. right. Yeah. Like, hey, I'm down on my luck. And here, look, <laughs> hear me out. My wife is down at the shore. And <laughs> my, my, my mouth needs to get filled. Just hear me out. Not a homo. Because okay. um, <laughs> that, that's how I make my friends. Oh, my God. Mom, don't <laughs> listen to this anymore. Turn it off. Don't suggest it to people at Temple. Um, and speaking of Temple... One of the fast, one of my like favorite little fun facts about you is you come not like from a family of Mennonites. Is this true? It is true. I find this fascinating, but you, but you didn't grow up Mennonite. Correct. Okay. Now forgive me if I like, I don't know much like are yeah. Mennonites like pure Amish, like no electricity like, and stuff. No, they're sort of watered down Amish. So Mennonites, it's basically they're like diet Amish. They're diet they're Amish. The That's, aspartame of, yeah, exactly. Of, of religion. Yeah. Of the Amish okay. religion. They, it's kind of like footloose. Oh, where you can't dance. So you weren't allowed you, to dance. Yeah. Up. Well, no, because I wasn't raised Mennonite, right. so I was could still go to the prom. Okay. Oh, for the prom. Mm, nice plug that you were amazing in. Thanks. That's the last time I saw you, but you were on stage. That's true. Um, but yeah, they. So my grandfather was a Mennonite preacher. My uncle is a Mennonite preacher. Oh. My dad grew up Mennonite, and his whole fa- side of his family is still Mennonite. I grew up Methodist, which is how my mom was raised. Okay. I don't know much about Methodists. I'm just like, oh, so you get really into character. Basically, we just <laughs> went to <laughs> we went to Sunday school every Sunday and church, and it was just kind of like small town yeah. religion. Just... But I'm glad that your parents were like, we want our son to dance. <laughs> they were. They let me dress up as girls. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Mine, too. Isn't that amazing? It like looking back. Yeah. That I, in the eighties, our parents were letting us dress up. Yeah. Like girls. Yeah. Well, my, my sister had all these dance costumes that I would put on and run around. And, um, do you have good video of that? Uh, I'm maybe my parents have that. I don't know. But, um, I do remember at the Purim carnival, at my the temple, what? the Purim. Purim is a Jewish holiday. Oh, yeah, right. And it's like every Jewish holiday. It's like they tried to kill us. They didn't. Let's eat. Right. But, um, you know, and for this particular, like, you tried to kill me, you bastards holiday, all the kids are supposed to dress up as biblical characters. And you go to your temple and there's a big carnival and it's yay fun. And my mom was like, do you want to be King Ahasuerus or Haman? And I was like, I want to be Punky Brewster. <laughs> And she was like, okay, That's all right, amazing. Punky Brewster. Yes. And she and my sister, like, dressed me up as Punky Brewster and took me to Temple. 
Oh my God. Yeah. How did it go over? It went great. I don't remember anybody. I remember some like little girls older than me were like, hi, punky. And I was like living Cute. my life. I was like, yes, this is who I meant to be. Soleil Moonfry. Uh, I love that they let you do it and that you were embraced. Yeah. Yeah. Did That's you really have nice. any, did you put on shows for your families? Yep. I was Dorothy in the Wizard of Oz. I bet you were great. In my dad's barn. Thank you. Ooh, I, in a barn too. Yeah. So that's immersive. Mm-hmm. You were <laughs> ahead of your time. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. That's so true. That's very Sleep No More. Did you make them wear masks? Uh, no, but they did <laughs> have to pay a nickel to get in. And they sat on hay bales. Those were the seats. God. Yeah. I love that you grew up like this. Yeah, totally. I, I mean, I've met your your parents, but I've always, you know, when I've thought about them, I always think of like Michael Landon and Little House on the Prairie and being like, this is my ma and my mm-hmm, pa. Mm-hmm. And they're like, hi, how are you? Hey, yeah. ding a dong dong. <laughs> we have an element of that in our family for sure. When, when my uncle, my Mennonite uncle came to see Spring Awakening, he was like, he and his wife came backstage and they were like, they loved it, Good. but they were sort of shocked. Just, yeah. you know, the masturbation and the abortion. They had to and see the, your tushy. They had to see my butt, right? I got Leah pregnant and Leah came into the dressing room. She knew that my uncle and his wife were coming and that they were from Lancaster and that they were Mennonite. And he, at that time was a dairy farmer. His hands are thick like you could drive a nail through them and he wouldn't feel anything from from farm work actual like labor hands and i was sitting in my chair in my dressing room and my uncle and my aunt were across on the couch and leah comes into the dressing room and sits on my lap and puts her arm around me and her puts her you know her arms around me and she's sitting there and they were like "Mm?" oh my god i was not out of the closet at this point yet either so you know and and she said, did you tell them that we're getting married? No. Yeah. No. She's like, did you tell them that this, you know, that we're going to elope and that we're getting married? And and they were like, uh, and I was like, no, no, she's she's joking. She, it's not, we're not getting married. She, and they're like, oh, okay. And then she <laughs> left and then they left my dressing room and he turned around on the way out and he was like, if you love her, we support you. <laughs> <laughs> What what would it have been like if I did that? If I just walked into your dressing room and I was like, oh, I'm cold. I'm cold. I need baby. Baby needs your So arms. skinny. I'm so, oh, you're so, ooh. Did you hear the good news? <laughs> I wonder what would have happened. That actually would have been really interesting. Yeah. If it was a guy that came in yeah. in that moment. Well, me specifically. You specifically. I'm specific. Right. You know, if I was like, we're in love. <laughs> and we would like you I think he would say, if you love her, we support you. Her? Yeah. So they think I'm Leah Delaria? (laughs) They're like, wow, John, she's butch. Okay, kiddo. That's okay, kiddo. She looks very gifted. (laughs) What was, okay, so Spring Awakening was your Broadway debut. No, it wasn't. No, you it wasn't. Did Lemon Show. Yes. With Courtney Ballin, with who Courtney we're also Ballin. sharing a stage with right the now. It was also Lemon amazing. Show. Yes. In my life. In my life. I have dreamed a thousand dreams of you. Is that is that the song? In my life. Somehow I believed. Somehow I knew. In my life. In, um, oh, you know, in you know it, right? <laughs> You dream of Laban, lemons and Asperger's and the things that you have. Yep. Tourette girl, you're beautiful because that's what it was about. Tourette guy, but yeah. Oh, so the guy had Tourette's yep. and the girl, what did she have? She was just a complicated gal in She's New York just City. Complicated. <laughs> She's just, I'm just complicated. <laughs> that's really boring. <laughs> they should have like made her like have, t- you know, syphilis or something. <laughs> Typhoid. She did. No, he was the one that was dying. He had a brain tumor. Oh, no. No, he was Tourette's and then he had a brain tumor. (laughs) Really bad luck. I know. It was an amazing show and and an amazing cast and we had the best time. How long did that run? It was like two and a half months. Wow. Yeah, so much longer than I think any of us anticipated. Really? Yeah. Because I remember like my first Broadway show, I was like, this is it. This is my life now. This is the amount of money that I make. Right. And, right. you know, this is what I do. 
I think we had an awareness that it wasn't resonating with audiences early on. <laughs> um, but, but funnily enough, it was sort of like, like in Spring Awakening, even though we, we, we did well at the Atlantic Theater off Broadway and then we moved to Broadway in previews that we couldn't sell. We really thought we were going to close immediately. We couldn't sell half the house. Really? And one day the stage manager came on the thing and said, just so you know, like it may seem small out there, but it is as many people that you perform to at the Atlantic. So just keep that in mind. I mean, they could, we couldn't sell. And then when the New York times review came out on opening night, it built momentum and then the Tonys and then it was fine and it had a great run. But yeah, early on, Michael Mayer told me when I, when we, during tech, I was like, oh, I don't know. I've never had my own dressing room before. I don't know how I'm going to decorate it. And he was like, well, I wouldn't buy any paint, honey. I don't know that we're going to be here that long. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's so real. Yeah. And that's so weird to me because I was obsessed <laughs> with Spring Awakening. You were? I didn't know that, actually. I was. We've never I, talked about that. Well, I was on tour when it came out. With what? I was doing Wicked. And we had like a three-month sit-down in Toronto. It was the dead of winter. I was so depressed and I was so, I fell head over heels in love with this Canadian. Oh. I mean, just head over heels. Oh. And it was the first time that as an adult, I fell in love. And it was, it just happened super quick. Or maybe, I don't know if it was love. Maybe it was, you know, just this obsession. I, I don't know, but... I know that he meant more to me than anything in the world. Oh and so I God. would listen to the cast recording and knowing that I was about to leave, I think the tour went from like after Canada, we were going to Baltimore or someplace like that, which was, you know, no offense, Baltimore, but um, that was a little disappointing mm -hmm, to me. Mm -hmm. And that like, Oh, I'm going to bruise you. And I just would like, mm. listen to this, like walking, home from his house to my, you know, house, just like sobbing in the snow. Oh my God. And because you were leaving uh, each other. The, yeah, yeah. Because I knew that it was going to end. And, and there, you didn't like stay in touch over the phone. Oh, we did. We, did. I, well, I tried to keep it going and I even went back to visit, which was the worst idea in the world because he like had moved on oh. and I was still so in love and, you know, like sharing a bed with somebody when like, they're oh, like, it's the uh, worst. yes, I don't want to hurt your feelings, but I don't love you. Oh, and maybe like we should just give each other like a pat on the back when we oh. say goodbye, which we did. It was horrifying. That's terrible. Oh my God. But you gotta, you gotta go through it. Yeah. But I was obsessed with the show and I went to see it because we had like a layoff between Toronto and wherever we went, Baltimore or whatever. And I staged Dord <gasps> and I got to meet you. Oh my God. What? Yeah, Cause I just, and you've never told me that. Really? Yes. That's odd because I love, like, I didn't get a picture with you, but like, I did a show with Christiane Noll a million years ago. Love her. And I brought Jekyll in a picture of me and her at the same show, Jekyll and Hyde. And I was like, this is us. And she was like, I feel really fucking old. Um, That's what I have a picture with Sutton Foster at the stage door of Thoroughly Modern Millie. And I, and I showed it to her. We actually did this. I did a, a part of her concert uh, a couple of years ago and we projected it on the back wall. And she, it's interesting. Yeah. I feel like, I love it when I was someone recently just showed me a picture of them with me at the stage door. You know, Alexandra Sosha, who ended up replacing Leah in mm -hmm. the show, but was first hired as her understudy, stage doored Spring Awakening in March. And then three months later, I was dry humping her on stage as the understudy <laughs> for Venla, which is like the craziest stage door to like stage transition. But I love, I love it when people show me the pictures of the stage door. I yeah. think maybe because I, maybe Christiane Knoll never went to the stage door, but I think if you went and got pictures with other people, yeah. you understand when people show you pictures of them at the stage door, what it meant at that time. And I don't think it's weird at all. Yeah, no, yeah. but one thing that I'll never forget is because like, I love that we've gotten to work together and get to know each other and be friends. You have this thing where you look at people in the eyes and you just make them feel at home and That's safe so and not judged and loved. And 
like you're the only person in the world for that moment. And I remember like meeting you and just saying like, sign my playbill and you're so good and thank you for what you do and blah, 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 blah. And being like, and also mourning this fucking relationship with this fucking oh, Canadian right. and being like, it was so healing in a way to see the show mm. and to be able to say thank you and being like, wow, he made me feel really special. Oh, thank you for telling me yeah. that. That's so sweet. If you, if listeners, if you don't know, Johnny Graffy is a mensch <laughs> and that means he's cool. I think in Yiddish. Yeah. I think that's the direct translation. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he's, he's, he's cool. cool. Hava. He's, cool. <laughs> he's a mensch. Um, so what was it like? Cause you, you did the non-actor of spring awakening is uh, not spring awakening of uh, sound of music is wow rough. good knowledge you did your research i'm impressed girl i got a show i'm impressed what, girl i got some I got some producers do you here. like wikipedia there oh you have them like research and then you read do you put i together? have an underground layer filled <laughs> with orphan children i've stolen from russia <laughs> Um, <laughs> they get the information for yes. you. That makes sense. Yes, or else they don't Huge eat. Spring Awakening fans. Huge Spring yeah. Awakening fans. So how did that and In My Life lead you to Spring Awakening? I got cast in The Sound of Music my senior year of high school. I came to New York. <gasps> oh, my God. And I went to an open call. Wow. At Chelsea Studios. And they were like, that's our Nazi. <laughs> exactly. Great. Rachel Hoffman, who's now at Chelsea. I love her. Right? I love her, too. I had a little, my senior picture stapled to a handwritten resume. I was number 300 and whatever, 57 on the thing. And she cast me in the show. So then I didn't go to college. So that changed the trajectory of my life. And then I moved to New York after the tour. And then I just went to auditions and I got my equity card doing fame at the North Shore Music Theater. Pray, 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 you make BA. And then Rachel Hoffman was casting in my life. Wow. Yep. Okay. And she brought me in for the understudy to Christopher Hankey. And I got cast as his understudy. I understudied Courtney Ballin and went on for her. Oh my gosh. She was in the ensemble. So it was like very um, gender fluid in my life, which okay. was great. Really ahead of the game in 2006 or 2005. With All that. right, yeah. Lemon Show. Yeah, Lemon Show. Get it. Uh, and then... I auditioned for Spring Awakening while I was doing In My Life. Wow. Yeah. And I was so excited to meet Michael Mayer because I had seen Thoroughly Modern Millie six times. <laughs> and so I was dying to meet him and obviously work with him. And that was a huge... Duncan Cheek, I like wasn't cool enough to really know who Duncan Cheek was. Sure. I just knew Michael from Thoroughly Modern Millie and I was desperate to get in a room with him. Do you remember what you sang for the audition? You know what I do remember? I don't remember what I sang. I remember being very stressed out because you had to sing a pop song. Yeah. And I wanted to sing like Try Me From She Loves Me or so, you know, sure. that's what I was, uh, or You Are 16 Going On 17 or something from the Fantastics. But um, I remember in that uh, there was like a bunch of pre-screens and then it was an audition with Michael and Tom Hulse was there, the producer and a couple other people. And it was sort of like the final pre-screen before the big audition with the mixing and matching. And I sang a song. I can't remember what song. And Michael was like, okay, do you have a falsetto? Because in this one song left behind, you'd have to sing in your falsetto. And I said, yeah, I have a falsetto. And he's like, okay. So I'd sang the piano on oh, my falsetto or whatever. And I sang up there and he looked at me and he said, that was your falsetto. And I laughed at him and he was like, okay, thank you. Goodbye. And they, he put my picture on the no pile and he's like, he's a great actor, but he can't really sing. I found this out years later. And then Tom Hulse took my picture off the no pile and put it in the yes pile because he said, I knew that whoever was going to be the lead in the show would have to be able to let, like have to be able to laugh it off and roll with it and not take things too seriously. And that, that slice of your personality that came through in that moment when you laughed at Michael and weren't mortified made me feel like, well, he really, you know, let's bring him back because maybe he can work on the singing and he's, I like his, I would like his personality would be good to have in the room. 
And then at the big audition, there was 13 Melchiors, and I was number 13. And I worked really hard on my singing up until that audition, and then I got the job. But it was because I laughed at Michael that I got moved to the next. That is thrilling. Isn't that crazy? That's amazing. Yeah. That's like what got me through. Not obviously not my ability to sing in falsetto well, at that moment of my life. It also lets me know that I would never have been cast in that part. <laughs> I would have started crying. I would have been like, do you know how hard this fucking is, <laughs> right. Michael? Well, this is the thing about Michael, though, that I love about him and that I still love about him. And I'm dying to work with him again because he's just blunt he's just he just it just like comes out of him of like that was great that was bad you ruined it you that was that that line needs to be changed he just has no filter and it's so refreshing because there's no kid gloves you're not you know it's just it's you're in a room with someone that you can completely trust because you know they're always honest (laughs) and he's not at all mean-spirited he's a lovely guy we've been friends for years it's not, he's not blunt to be mean or it's not, he's not trying to blow shit up. Yeah. He's just, he's just speaking his, his truth and he can't not speak his truth. And I live for that quality. I need, I need like kitty gloves a little bit. I mean, granted, <laughs> yeah. you and I worked with Lapine and Finn right. together. He doesn't have they kitty gloves They do not at have all. kitty no. gloves. I love that about him too. They have, you yes. know, gloves with spikes on them. Yeah. <laughs> But like, but he as well. I as well. I I don't find him mean spirited. No, neither yeah. do I. Yeah. I find him hilarious. Yeah. But also, you you worked with uh, Matthew Warkus. Yes. Who I love. Yes. But with the whole kitty glove thing, like I remember at Groundhog, he gave this speech. He was like, "I come from a very small town where people are not very expressive," and. If you hear me say not bad, that would be the American equivalent of me saying awesome. <laughs> and so That is a very good Matthew Warchus. Thank you very much. Very good. I love you, Matthew. I miss you. He uh you know, and so after every fucking scene I would like look at him and be like, not bad? <laughs> not bad, yes. Hmm? Not bad. Love not me. Bad. Love, love me, please. Me, please, please. Um He uh, yeah, at the play that I did with him. He was Death Trap in London, and Estelle uh, Estelle Parsons was in it. <gasps> Legend. Yeah. And he, we did a lot of table work where he's talked a lot, and then we got to staging the play, and she comes in, her character comes in, and he doesn't say anything. He just sort of, we're all kind of just stayed, you know, doing the blocking that we feel like is right, and he's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's also a very good impression. And, <laughs> and Estelle stopped, and she was like. Are you going to direct me? Am I supposed to stage this whole play by myself? What are you going to just sit there and say nothing? And he said, I'm, I, well, Estelle, I'm afraid to tell you that's just how I work. I like to see what you bring and then edit it down from there. But I'm going to let you do what you're going to do for a couple of weeks. And throughout the course of that whole play, he gave me two notes. And I asked him during tech, why don't you talk more and he said that he's so aware that you can tell an actor something and it can ruin their entire performance and so when he gives a note he wants to have thought about it so much that he's absolutely certain that it is the right note to give to the actor and he doesn't because he doesn't want to mess with them because he's cast he was like i cast everybody for a reason and i cast everyone because i they're perfect for the part so they're already doing it so if i tell them something i want it to be very well thought out oh i love him yeah it's so sweet oh not bad matthew not (laughs) bad (laughs) so i'm so curious because like i you meet a lot of people and you work with a lot of people and then now and then someone sort of like skyrockets and that can change them for the worse sometimes sometimes for the better what was it like when spring awakening blew did do you know how major that was it, yeah it didn't change any of us because michael kept us incredibly humble yeah and that that whole producing team in retrospect now thinking oh my god i was 21 Mm-hmm. Leo was 19 or oh 20. My gosh. 
Yeah, that Remy was 15. The old, it was, we were between the ages of 15 and 24. And they protected us so well. I, I don't know if it was intentionally or, or I'm sure it was part of the plan, but they kept us really grounded. There was no, I mean, there was some like, people were dating in the cast and then they would break up and that there was like that drama, but there was no, everyone showed up every day on stage, really committed and, and very close. And no one became, no one's head got big. There was no like ego battles Uh backstage, just the sort of like usual romantic ins and outs. But the, the, the Atlantic theater was recreated, you know, with the brick wall and everything on Broadway. And so we were so, we were so in our own little world that we could see what was happening around. It was the, kind of the same thing with Hamilton. It was a little bit more extreme because it was like you know, Obama was there, whatever. But but it, with Spring Awakening, it, it we were in our little, just little world and didn't really, it didn't affect anyone. I would have yeah. to say, yeah, amazingly. But I, that's Michael just kept us really our just like nose to the stage. Sure. Was it hard to adjust? to being in sort of like the public light like that? I would say the only thing I struggled with was the fact that I was closeted during yeah. the spring awakening and I had a boyfriend who was my roommate. Oh, and I so I was, I was very compartmentalized in that he, he was at opening night. I thanked him in the playbill. I, he would come, you know, and hang out with the cast when we would, you know, have parties or whatever. But I never spoke to anyone, not even Leah, about the fact that he was my boyfriend. I just never talked about it. And so that was the being like on Broadway was my dream. I didn't I didn't all, everything about that was great. And the the stage door and everything was like, you know, I was so young and it was so it was so close to when I was at the stage door that all of that felt like amazing. And the pressure of the show, I was just so amped and like dying to perform and it was such an opportunity and I was like so hard to do that show every day never drug my feet into the theater in the year and a half that I was there but the the negotiation of the closetedness was the thing that was probably the most challenging to deal with and then in retrospect after I came out of the closet I was like oh my gosh I was like, it was such a weight that I didn't realize I was carrying until I dropped it. Yeah. With uh, staying in the closet, were you afraid professionally how it would affect you? Yeah, it's so funny because like in Spring Awakening, I had to have sex with Leah and I'd never had sex with a girl. I'd kissed a girl in high school, but I'd never, you know, as a gold star gay, never really actually with a girl. (laughs) That's kind of demeaning to women. I should, probably shouldn't call it gold star. I uh, my experience was really bad. Yeah. I, uh, I think my parents were out of town. I had an older girlfriend, and we didn't do anything but like, you know, she, like her boobies. And she was like, "What do you want to do?" And I just sort of like pushed them down. <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, like, like a whack a mole." Yeah, like yeah. a whack a mole. Yeah. Like how's that <laughs> you know it was it was a disaster but anyway anyway go on yeah so in the in the god again this is turning into a, a michael mayer the podcast but he took he she and i alone into a room and he said okay we're gonna do the sex scene so here's what we're gonna do at this moment of the song you're gonna open her he just directed it and then and then you put your hand in her vagina and that sort of feels good to you so you arch your back a little bit and then i kind of it's hilarious that i learned how to have straight sex with michael mayer yeah but uh he so so that all like i was nervous about that like i'm gonna have to have sex with this girl and i've never had sex with a girl before but am i gonna pretend like i know what i'm doing i've had sex with my boyfriend a lot but never and then i was like oh it's kind of the same thing essentially and not but and then as far as like talking about talking about it i just i got really good at i don't know were you ever were you in the closet in like a yeah yeah but i i came out in high school because everybody was calling me gay and bullying me for being gay and i was like well, cat's out of the bag. Right. <laughs> Might as well make this a hate crime. Right. So 
you know, and I dated the the only other like homo that was like out. I right. think his name was uh, Tom Duncan. Uh, and I don't think either of us were like into one another right. other than like I guess you're gay. This is me. Right. I guess we have to practice penis touching right. together oh. for a couple of weeks till we break up. Oh, yeah, that's so sweet. And yeah, yeah, it was very sweet. I always got really good at at lying. And not necessarily, not lying. I never was like my girlfriend. You know, I never really had a beard or anything. I never even really said I'm straight. I just sort of, I just would, I got really good at changing the subject. Yeah. Which is not great, but that's what I did until hey, I was 23. Yeah. That's what it is. And then, and then I left the show and a month later I came out of the closet. Wow. I'm I'm really proud of you. Thank you. What's the thank world? You. It's like Eleven you know, years ago, but thank you. Yeah, I know, but yeah. still, it's hard, and yeah. I hope everybody around you was accepting and loving, and you know, it, everyone. It wasn't. Yeah, it was. Everyone around me was great. I didn't. I realized later that coming out of the closet, I didn't. It didn't make me feel good when I came out of the closet. I felt relieved. But I didn't feel proud of the fact that I was gay. Hmm. I felt like I'm gay, but if I could change it, I would change it, but I can't. So I'm gay. That was how I sort of first came out of the closet. And then as the years went on and really it was looking when I got to do looking that kind of changed it all for me, I started to really embrace it and fall in love with it as fall in love with that part of who I was. And now I feel very proud and happy and like thank god i'm gay is how yeah. i feel now but it's it was it was after coming out of the closet it was probably five years later until i felt really excited about the fact that i was gay i was yeah, sort sure. of like I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna be gay and out because i'm tired of compartmentalizing and I'd rather just have a boyfriend and not have to hide all the time, but I'm not excited about it. I'm not excited about the fact that I'm, you know, it's, it, it was a slow burn for me sure. to, to truly accept that part of myself. Yeah. Well, I will always accept you and you don't have to hide from me. Same. Josh. You understand? Same. You don't have to hide your feelings, my darling, my sweet darling, <laughs> my oh, you foolish darling, falling in love with a woman like me, you darling. <laughs> Yeah, no, when I came out, I start, I did it in, like, baby steps. I was like, I'm bi. <laughs> because, you know, then at least, like, there's still... Well, you were feeling girls' boobs and stuff, right? I mean, more like, I, I wouldn't say feeling. Right. Whack-a-mole. Batting, right, yeah. It's like, yeah. <laughs> meep, meep. Meep, meep. It was very, like, the horn on the bus goes, <laughs> meep, meep, meep. It was like that. You terrible. know what? I bet there's a lot of straight guys that that's probably how they make love to women as well. I bet you know a lot of I mean? people are going to fantasize to this podcast episode. <laughs> I believe we're going to, young people will develop a fetish for the, the horn on the bus goes honk, honk, honk. Oh, now, God. something that I love for you in your career is how diverse it's been. You get to do everything, and it's amazing. Your current show, Mindhunter, I am a true crime nerd didn't know that about you either. no See, stop I said it we i were swear gonna learn about each oh other oh my gosh <laughs> now we're in love now we are babies now we are magical little gummy drops of dreams i'm so tickled and horrified by uh, you that. should At the be same time, that's I just like my family so great yeah yeah that's how my parents love feel it. too um <laughs> No, I've always been obsessed with true crime. I always said that, like, if I wasn't in theater, I would have wanted to be, like, a forensic psychologist or, like, criminologist Whoa. or something like that. Whoa. And so, even, I think, before knowing that you were on the show, I heard sort of the rumblings of they're making a show about this. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what? What give did you think? Did it give now. you what you wanted? It's fascinating okay. and it's incredible. And I'm mad that I can't watch new episodes right now they're coming uh, when when is it released? I don't know. Do you know we finished it we finished shooting it so it <laughs> happened it's been captured on film but i don't know when it's coming it's out been, so you're in the pictures yeah. <laughs> it's been captured on film <laughs> um uh, how was your time down in pittsburgh like how does that work do yeah, they put you in a hotel great. or do you have your own place Good, great question i rented the bottom third of a house all right in pittsburgh where it was like a 
math teacher and his wife were above me. And then another dude was in the attic apartment. It was very Tales of the City, uh-huh. um, but in Pittsburgh. Yeah, so I lived in a house in in Point Breeze. Okay. And it was great. I, it's the the show is all consuming. It's all so I loved Pittsburgh. Holt, my co-star, threw out the first pitch at the Pirates game, and I caught it. That was a fun thing we did outside Whoa. of the set. Yeah, it's like a gay nightmare to be. I, I didn't realize that it was a gay nightmare until my own personal gay nightmare, I should say. I'm sure there's a lot of gay people that are great at baseball, but. I no, went. there's not. Are you kidding me? No, there's not. Sorry, Mary. You suck at baseball. <laughs> Holt, Holt said, oh, you know, I'm, I, I want to do this. Uh, I want to do this thing where we throw out the pitch and, and you, you have to catch it. And all you got to do is just stand there and do this. No, that's horrifying. And I was like, okay. And so I went with him. He had hired this coach to give him lessons because he wanted to throw a strike. And so... We get to the stadium, and I w- and I was feeling very chill about it. This is this is also also my personality. I don't really feel things until I'm right in the moment of feeling them. I was uh-huh. just with Leah Michelle yesterday. And we were talking about how when we were leaving Spring Awakening, I was like, I'm fine. I don't. I'm, I'm good. I'm happy to. It feels like the right time. And then on the day we left, I started hysterically crying on the floor and like couldn't get up and stop crying. <laughs> In this, the day of this pitch, I was like, yeah, I got it. I did the lesson. It's fine. Holt was really nervous the whole time. I was like, you're, you're going to be great. And then we got to the stadium and I was like, oh my God, I'm in a baseball stadium in a Pirates uniform, by the way, because Holt got us uniforms. That's kind of sexy. <laughs> I would like it a was a little homoerotic. We, I would yeah, like it was a great. picture. And then I would, and then I'm standing there and I'm like, oh my God, I feel like I'm in an, I feel like I'm in an, actually in a nightmare. I'm in a baseball <laughs> uniform crouched over home plate about to catch a baseball coming it was just no but i caught it thank god thank god yeah so that's that's one of the things that we did in our spare time in pittsburgh but but other than that you know they have some great restaurants there and the accent can we talk about the accent have you mastered it it's full on not at all i can't even pretend it is it is it's bananas it's like if south philly and boston had yes. a one night stand in Baltimore. Yes. Well, yeah, that's very well expressed. That's Thanks. And I brought exact- back Baltimore. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. I do a lot of Are improv. You a comedian. Yeah, I'm gifted. <laughs> Sag after a batch. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, but that like yins. Uh, I, I, yins. I can't do it, but it's really I impressive. I can't do it either. I, I should have. That's, I should have put that on my list of something to do this year was master that accent next time you're down there filming i'm gonna i'm gonna harass you like i'm your mom to learn that accent and bring it with me back yeah and i'll be like you're not going out with holtz until this accent (laughs) is done jonathan (laughs) jonathan drew (laughs) whoa that's strike two oh and it right and it was the baseball thing yeah Yeah. how about that really good thanks thanks i'm very gifted okay (laughs) we are gonna take a quick break and then we will be back with my baby 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 (laughs) jonathan groff Thanks for listening to Josh Swallow's Broadway Gulp. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Josh Swallow's Broadway. And I'm... Gulp. Gulp. And I'm here with my, with my Jonathan Groff. Um, and we are about to call a lovely young lady named Allison. She doesn't know that you're on the line, so okay. this is going to be really thrilling. Allison! Hey! How are you? I'm amazing. How are you doing? I'm fantastic. I'm loving your pride. Uh, what are these? Suspenders. Suspenders. 
I got them for pride because, and I need to like stretch them out a little bit. So I thought, what what's the why not place? do it on my show? Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> um, well, I'm so glad that you're here, and you know, I just happened to be here with one of my really good friends, Jonathan Groff. Hello. Oh my God. How are you? Hi, I'm wonderful. How are you doing? I also love your suspenders. Thank you. You're welcome. Your face is making my day. <laughs> I'm a little bit of like a Broadway crazy person, so. Hey, so I'm are having, we. Having the so best are we. moment of my life right now. Oh, good. Where are you right now? Um, my apartment. Where do you live? Um, 11th between A and B. So oh, like, okay. So you're in yeah. New York. Yes. What are those pictures behind you? Um, baby pictures and uh, pictures from like my mom and dad's wedding and my aunt's wedding and grandparents and stuff. Huh. Aww. Yeah, I don't have any pictures of my family really in my house. I probably should. I don't either. Okay, well maybe yeah, we're rebels. <laughs> we only happen because people send them to us. We're like we're just like we don't know where to put these. They go up on a shelf now. Oh, yeah. okay. Well that that seems about right. Um, <laughs> now my my friend in the pride suspenders, you had a question for us, Allison Nolan. Yes, I wrote it down because I'm yeah. Hey, um, details. So, um, something that I've kind of been struggling with the past like year because I went through the college like audition process and mm. like I kind of got like rejected a lot and I didn't get into any programs. So I was wondering kind of like um, when you've personally felt like really defeated or you didn't know like where to go or like what to do, like who did you turn to? What did you do to kind of like get back on the horse and like keep going? That's deep. That Are you deep. ready to get deep? Are you I'm ready to so jump ready into to this ocean? Deep. I want to open by saying I didn't go to college. So I don't know if that makes you feel better. Yeah. And I dropped out of college. <laughs> and that's like, I mean, as an artist, that's not a requirement. I mean, for certain jobs, you have to go to college and college can be great. My brother went to college. Uh, my parents did not go to, I guess, yeah, my mom went to college. My dad did not. Um, everybody's path is different. So I would say just for you personally, before I talk about how I deal with rejection, college isn't the only way there's so many different things to do there's so many ways to pursue a life in this industry and not getting into college for theater is uh so not a problem and there's so many other things that you can do and ways that you can include yourself into this world and be a part of it and so yeah like thank you thank you next to quote the no, ariana I, grande song <laughs> yeah i completely agree there are so many wonderful ways to get training here if you want to pursue it um we have a mutual friend named jen waldman who has a fantastic acting little like little acting school here in the city who i love and um what i love about her school is they're very supportive of one another it's not like some of these colleges that are like we are going to turn you into the perfect chorus person and if you are not the perfect chorus person, you you are dead to us. You know, it's really about creating you as an artist. She's amazing. Definitely yeah. look her up. She's the best. Yeah, I love her. Yeah. Um, but as far as disappointment and rejection, uh, I mean, we face it every day with, you know, being told like, no, you're not right for this or no, you are right for this or, oh, they love you. They love you so much. Oh, it's not going your way. You know, mm -hmm. surround yourself with people that you love. Surround yourself with laughter. Most of all, I don't know. What about you? How do you deal with it? I feel like your instinct to, to make, I like, I really, respect your the fact that that's your question like i respect that your instinct is i feel this and like how like what do i do like how do i get out of this what's the next thing like that having that impulse to say i i don't want to feel that way is is a positive thing um i would say that that like you said you're always, I think at every stage of the game, you're always going to feel at some point joy, at some point fear. It's like sort of like nervousness. Like nervousness is something that some people can't get rid of. So it's like, okay, I'm nervous. How do I, how do I be my best self while I'm nervous? 
And so when you're feeling depressed or rejected, it's like, okay, I'm feeling depressed or rejected. This isn't going to go away today. It might not go away this month. Uh, when it does go away, I know that it's going to come back again. So what are the, like, what are the things that I can do that I know will make me the best version of myself while I'm feeling rejected and depressed? Because I think it's also good to feel rejected and depressed. Like you have to allow yourself to feel all of those things and not feel ashamed of those things and really like acknowledge that you're feeling that way and hold space for that. But at the same time, you're like, okay, so what makes me surrounding yourself with friends, making yourself laugh, watching movies that you like, uh, the, the practicality of this one being like, you could look into Jen Waldman class um, because there's a million places to train. You know, Natalie Portman just released that master class on YouTube I saw on her where she's like, let's pretend I've just found out my boyfriend's cheating on me and I come into the, yeah, (laughs) I know. So do I, they're on YouTube. So doing like a, I don't know, I don't don't know if that's expensive or not, but, but going into just like finding ways to train and learn about acting in an unconventional way. I personally learned from doing so finding an opportunity to putting together a concert or uh, going to concerts or doing a play reading in your house with your friends to make you feel creative and inspired um doing play readings where you would play roles that you would never be right for and learning to find you know like there's just a just sort of shaking it off and getting weird and theatery about it and finding ways to step outside of yourself and also another thing that really helps me is travel when i'm feeling rejected and sad it's partially because i feel like my world is the only world that exists so sometimes reading the news, well, maybe not necessarily the news, <laughs> not right now, but, girl. <laughs> but like reading a book or taking a cheap vacation to the beach or with friends or going to a museum or just reminding yourself how small you are. For me, this uh, reminding myself how small I am makes me feel less like the rejection is less like. Oh. Yeah. Take- and like for me, like this year has been like, the most um i guess like the most like difficult year but it's also been the most where like i've learned so much about myself which like i didn't expect to really have happen and i've always been that person that's like i have to have plan like a b and c like right there and then when they all kind of fell through i still like end up where i think i'm supposed to go mm-hmm. and i feel like that's something that i kind of just have to like rem- keep reminding myself of because that happened with like the high school process and then it also happened with like the high school process um sorry the, the college, college process, process. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um yeah because like if i didn't go to the high school that i went to i wouldn't have joined youth pride chorus and i wouldn't have like gotten to do like all these really cool things and so i feel like the same thing's going to happen with me with college yeah totally and everybody has a different path there's no right way to do it there's not really any wrong way to do it either you know unless you get addicted to dope you know (laughs) but um you know and you're gonna see other people on their journey and sometimes it's really gonna seem that people have their shit together why don't you all i have to say is compare and despair Mm -hmm. you know we we all have our own journey and, and they're uh, probably miserable. Yeah. And screw them. Jonathan and I don't even like them. Yeah, they're probably We're gonna so miserable. We're going to fuck up their family pets one day. And we love animals. Um, thank but you. But also so- even the fact that you're just asking the question yes. is the answer. It's like the like the fact that you're so open to that is like you've already got it. Like you you don't you you're gonna you're gonna it's like you said when bad like everything bad is good in a way it just leads you to the thing that's better for you anyway and so good for you for asking that question because that that's a hard i feel like that's a hard question to vocalize like i'm feeling rejected and disappointed just even saying that out loud is a big is a big deal and that's that you're you're gonna be so fine yeah i think so too and college is not the end of the world no. or beginning of any, I mean, it's a lot of people's, it's important to so many people. I don't want to like shit on college, but you're looking at two people that didn't, that barely got graduated from high school. Let's be honest. It's true. <laughs> it's true. My, I asked my mom, I was like, why aren't you throwing me a graduation party? 
she's like, well, we didn't think you were going to graduate. <laughs> Is that I true? Said, That's so true. And I was like, oh, my God. oh I feel so loved. I'm going to move across the United States. P.S. I picked the home one day, bitch. Um, anyway, Allison, thank you for being our new friends and for coming on the show. I'm so honored. Yeah, no, thank you so much. This has been really cool. And like, also just like really nice to kind of like hear this. Cause like, it's, it's really difficult to like hear it from people that's like my mom and like other people at like my local theater. Cause it's like, of course you're saying that you're like my family. Right. Yeah. So it's nice to hear it from like someone that like, I don't really know. Sure. Well, you know us now. And also we, we all go through it. It's a rejection and you know, the ups and downs, it's a lifelong journey. So just, you don't have to figure it all out now. It's practice. It's building a muscle and just, it's just practice of how to get through this stuff, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, Allison, let's be best friends. Okay. Alrighty. Bye. Will nice you write us you, and let us know how you, how you're doing and, and follow up? Yeah. Okay, great. I'd love that. Okay. Bye Allison. Bye Allison. Oh, that's so sweet. Love her. And that is so important because we do feel rejected and stuff, don't we? Oh my God. On the reg. On the reg. Oh, I like that. But I'll never reject you, Jonathan Groff. I'll never reject you either. I love you so much, my darling. I love you My more. sweet darling. You foolish darling to love a selfish old woman like me. You darling, you fool. <laughs> um, thank you for coming on my show. Thank you. I miss you so much. I miss you so much. Um... Okay, we're doing a hug. Away. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Nice little hug. A nice. Okay. Now a belly bump. Now we're bellies. Um, Cool. Well, thank you all so much for listening to Josh Swallow's Broadway and the Broadway Podcast Network. Stay tuned for more shows. Gulp, 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 gulp. I'm gonna tickle you. Josh Swallows Broadway is produced by Alan Seals and Dory Berenstein. Photography for the show is by Michael Kushner. Make sure to look him up. He is my favorite photographer in New York City. The theme song is by myself and Anthony Norman. Want to be on the show? I'd love to have you. Email me at josh at joshswallows.com. Be sure to find me on Instagram at josh period layman. See you soon. Josh Swallows, Josh Swallows, Josh Swallows. Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.